Welcome to Imperfect Parenting Podcast. Here we are again. Together. Sitting together. Mm -hmm. My favorite place to be. We almost matched. I was worried that you were going to put the other jacket on, (laughs) and then all of a sudden we would be totally matching. So funny. My my goals to match, your goals to never. It's true. I I don't want to match. I think I like matching because you dislike it so much. Probably. (laughs) Welcome welcome to our marriage, Uh, guys. Yeah, I just thought it was funny that we almost matched because I know the jacket that I, I did notice that, and mm-hmm. I didn't put it on because I, I love that. you. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some people out there listening going, they're we're, weird. We're, I've had, had this conversation. <laughs> no, they, they agree. I had this conversation with someone the other day, a married couple, mm-hmm. and they're talking about she hates – actually, he hates when they match. Oh, she She's fine it. with it. Yeah. I don't know why I – I love it when, when it's on purpose, like we're going to a game together or – we come back from our school retreats. We all have matching sweaters. I'm like, sure, this is great. But when I get dressed and then you get dressed and I'm like, why are you wearing the same? We, and we do this a lot because we have the kids' sweaters or the, the kids' school sweaters. Yep. We all have the merch. same. Uh-huh, merch. And then Loving on Purpose merch. So there are many times. And the chances are very high that we're going to match. So anyways, it's kind of funny. But we should talk to her about our meme because um, it's kind of appropriate that just kind of keeps going with the marriage theme of how that's this true. feels. It's, it's a big part of this whole conversation, family and parenting. Yeah. This one is kind of funny. It is funny. And disturbing maybe too. But <laughs> true. too true. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, Ken, and, Ken and Barbie. Mm-hmm. Barbie and Ken. Uh, little figurines, you know. There's Barbie two, doll. two images. Yeah. There's, there's a, so it says before kids and it's what you'd expect. Barbie and Ken all dressed up and spiffy and perfect. Ken looks great. He looks <laughs> he looks put together. Mm-hmm. He's even got the fashionable like brown shoes with totally. his tight skinny jeans and, <laughs> and his buttoned up short nice, sleeve nice shirt. shirt. You know she's even fashion forward <laughs> today in that she's got a slight crop top, but it's not. It's just a minimal midriff. Yeah, and hair then, is done and makeup and you know I, maybe her shoes are not as fashionable because I don't think we'd wear those right now. But it's a skirt and a top. Their hair's done. They don't just look put together. Put together. Before kids. Before kids. Switch to, right next to it, it says after kids. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go ahead and describe that one? <laughs> well, <laughs> Ken is in his boxers mm-hmm. with his shirt all open, unbuttoned, and, you know, Brushing his teeth. half one side's cuffed correctly, the other side's pushed up on his arm. And he's brushing his teeth. His hair's not done. And Barbie... <laughs> looks like she's having a rough morning. <laughs> she's like she's about to give birth. She looks over like the toilet. <laughs> she's sprawled out on the toilet. Her legs are spread wide open. She's got a newspaper I'm, folded. I don't care anymore. Her, her her ponytail's all messy, crazy. This is this is kind of how I feel it most mornings. Is it's you when you finally get to the bathroom, especially after you've had kids. I don't know why your bladder wants to punish you after that. It's. It's like, you better go now or you're going to go in your pants. And so I feel for her because she's having one of those moments of, I made it. I made it. I made it to the toilets. All right. And Ken's like, good job, honey. I'm just going to brush my teeth. And the bathroom may even be that moment of peace and quiet. Yeah. When you have children. Before. They're sliding no time underneath the door. Are you done yet? We have a puppy, which feels like we have a toddler all over again. So we don't have toddlers, but we have a puppy, which I was greeted this morning. It wasn't this morning. It was, it was the other morning. But it was, you left. I'm, I'm envisioning this. I have my eyes closed. I'm I can, envisioning I can this see. moment. 
But about you to left. Enter. You went downstairs to get coffee because you're a wonderful, kind husband. You do that almost every morning. But you closed the door, <laughs> and Rosie, our puppy, was like, "No, I want mom." So she went back upstairs, and she's she can open the doors, yep. which is a problem. But she doesn't do it gently, which is totally how a child would enter the room. It is this. <laughs> It's, it's like, as if it's like she jumps at the entire door, smacks like it. Kramer on uh, Seinfeld. Yeah, comes, comes in with a bang. Yeah. yeah. So that's this is the equivalent to a toddler. We have Rosie, and it, she attacks the door and comes in. And then how she greets me, she licks my face. It's disgusting. We are laughing really hard right now. This is. Oh. I was violated, and you <laughs> left me to be violated by the dog. It's just funny because it's you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Anyways, it has nothing. All right. The dog is not a child, but I think that this is If your toddler's licking you in the morning, then there's a different problem. But I'm pretty sure they do. They do all that. Yeah. So Rosie's really our toddler. It's just not what we expect when we have kids. No. <laughs> and, and we're going to be okay. It's we got nuts. this. <laughs> that glamorous life is... Go check out the meme. It's, it's a good laugh. It's pretty funny. Okay. Well, we've wasted a lot of time on that, but it was funny. <laughs> so uh, we're kind of ending this... Uh, I guess a little series about my book yep. since we've changed the name and all of this. Kind of easing into it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, in the first chapter of my of my book, I talk about the, the war of connection and really this concept of the war that we're in, whether we are acknowledging it or not and, and kind of trying to, you know, in the, in the chapter, I just, I talk a lot about how, the pandemic highlighted to a lot of families the war right. that was happening in their home, uh, but they were maybe distracted because kids are at school, busy with sports, activities, stuff like that are happening. Um, and so it wasn't as much on their, their front step as other families that we work with that's usually on their porch, and so they're in it. But the the pandemic kind of put a, a freeze on a lot of things and then highlighted. It put a freeze on distractions. Yeah. In some sense of uh, what made us all stop moving, yeah. which then highlighted how <laughs> connected or disconnected we were. Um, we met with a lot of people about marriage and we met with a lot of people about their kids being really frustrated because of, you know, it's, <clears throat> I think it's easy to overlook the disrespect when it feels at a tolerable level, you know, getting ready for school, at the dinner table, but then they go to practice. I don't see them again until they go to bed, and we reconnect at bedtime. So that disrespect level feels like it's tolerable, mm-hmm. or I th- we're pretty, we're doing pretty good, but then when everything shuts down and we're stuck together. Stay in the living room all uh-huh, together. It just highlighted, yep. oh, there's a lot of disrespect because – we have all this free time together. And, and a lot of disconnection. <clears throat> like the, the level of connection we may have thought we had because of the activity may not actually be the case. Yeah. So this war on connection is um, just kind of explaining it and talking through it a little bit and um, just calling for what it is and, and that it's it's not necessarily new. It just uh, got brought to the surface for everybody yep. to see. So. so you read this to me yesterday. You were reading part of your book. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that's that's said very well. You should say it on here. So you should give a little little snippet of your book. 
Okay. Not giving too much away because we want people to go, go get, get the whole context. Well, I'm definitely whole thing. not going to read the whole thing because oh, it would take 15 hours for me to we read it. We found out 15 hours. Because that's how long it took for me to do the audio. People book. are like, wait, I'm going to be on this podcast for 15 no, hours. No, you're not. And it, it's going to be edited so it'll only be <laughs> a few hours. So go ahead. Okay. Read this little uh, so d- this description the first... of the war we're in. Mm-hmm. So this first chapter uh, towards the end, it says, The war of connection is a spiritual war between fear and love. And this war is fought in every heart of every human being. Fear drives us towards self-preservation, while love drives us towards connection. The goal of fear is survival, while the goal of love is thriving. So, that's a little... Well written, Brittany. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. And I I mean, in that, that, that place of fear... Um, we talked about it a little bit before, but we slip into the school of where fear drives us to try and perfect and control things, which is, uh, I think, what happened and what has been happening is we get scared. Our child's going to make a mess. Our child's going to do something that gets them in trouble at school. Our child's going to whatever, whatever. And so we just have this reactionary style of parenting. So much of this, you have to be on the offense. Mm-hmm. So you are not just... Um, you, you have a strategy to what you're doing rather than I'm just caught in the throes of what's happening. And, and that's a lot of what happened um, that I talked about in the beginning of my book is everybody was like, what, what are we doing? What's happening? I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. So just trying to uh, really re-engage parents with um, a reminder of the authority and power in which they do carry and how to execute that. And, that we can be successful on this war, that we yeah. can be victorious and actually win because we're called and equipped and we have an assignment that, that God's given us. And I'm really excited about that. And I want other families to be excited about that. Come on. Well, that's what, that's probably what this book's going to do is get some, some excitement around. Mm-hmm. We are in a war, but, but we can win and, and we're actually winning. Yeah. Actually winning. Definitely. And that, and that's the, Trying to, we say this all the time, decrease the fear mm-hmm. and increase the love. Because yep. the, you know, we, I get lots of toddler questions because I call it the trenches. You know, you're in the trenches of toddlerhood and it feels overwhelming. It feels endless, really. Yep. It just feels exhausting and endless. And then if you have more than one toddler, um, it feels really, <laughs> you feel outnumbered. And then if you don't steward that well, you maintain that level of self-preservation and then it shows up again, that same feeling you had with toddlers, it shows up again in your teenagers. So trying to encourage families that you don't have to live in this survival mode, that you, we have so many opportunities to switch our gear, change our vision, create new standards and engage, which I'm calling that engaged parenting. I want you to be engaged as parents. I want you to change your description and your way of looking at this so that you actually get to enjoy your kids yeah. and your family. And and fear, what's true is fear is a great motivator. Absolutely. It, it does create movement. Mm, that's the bummer. But it's often in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And so fear in me and even the fear I'm, I'm instilling in my children, it does create movement but it's partnering with the wrong side of the war. Yeah, It's really a partnership with the enemy because that's if he can get us afraid, he can keep us in the place he wants us. 
And it's it's really through our, our thoughts and our beliefs and and how we view these situations mm-hmm. and, and where we're going. But we, we make that switch yeah. from the survival. Let's just get through these these toddler years. Let's just get through these teenage years. No, let, let's thrive in these years. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill Johnson used to say, um, in response to the terrible twos, mm-hmm. he would say, I call them the terrific twos. And even that simple little, it's so funny and it feels so elementary or simple. It's just it's just a little switch that goes, no, we're, we're on the offense. Mm-hmm. We're coming at this thing. And I, I'm looking for tools. I'm looking for help. I'm looking for, for resources and reinforcements so we can win here and thrive. Hey, it's Brittany here. I'm normally on the Kylo Show, yes. But I wrote a book. I wrote a book for parents, but I talk a lot about moms. So if you're listening to this and you're a mom who's frustrated, who feels like you're failing, who feels hopeless in this game of parenting that we're in, I want to invite you to read my book. It comes out Mother's Day this year, and I picked that day on purpose because I know that church is attended the most on Mother's Day, and I've met with so many moms out there that want to do this well. And so do I, which is why I wrote this book. I know that connection is the goal and perfection just gets in the way. So if that's you, mom, buy yourself this gift on Mother's Day. It's gonna be worth it. So I hope that you feel blessed and encouraged by my new book, Imperfect Parenting. You can find it at imperfectparenting.co. We have to um, really look at, you know, how we declare things, how we sow into things, yep. and um, and even how we disqualify ourselves in that. I think that's the other thing that happens a lot for parents is um, we start to break down our confidence level and and executing what's in our heart because we try and perfect it. We we didn't hit the standard of perfection. We didn't hit you know whatever Instagram families that look really pretty are doing. We didn't, we didn't have an epic vacation this summer. Well, I don't know that your kids need an epic vacation as much as they need an epic memory of how much you love them Yeah, good. and how much you were engaged with them. Uh, I, I think some of our most memorable moments with our kids are not in an epic location. Sure, those are fun and they create really great memories and, and, and it's awesome, but that's not where they they go back to when we talk about these meaningful moments. I mean, funny example is Lincoln had some kind of tournament or some ceremony for Taekwondo. And so we decided to go out to eat and we went to this little, um, sushi place. And Mm -hmm. I don't know all that (laughs) happened there except for they, they left and we had laughed the whole time. We had this great experience. Sure, the food was great and the service was fun, but there was just this place of an exchange of so much connection that was really re- rich in our conversation and in our exchange of celebrating Lincoln and each other. And and now they always want to go back to this little restaurant because they are like, oh, this place is, you know, there's just a fun little memory this make time. memories there, yeah. Yeah, and, and they talk about it, and again, it's the funniest part is it 
we live in a small town and it's an even smaller town. In the, in the foothills, so it's not near the ocean. No, and so getting sushi <laughs> is definitely a high risk um, there. But I, I just think, you know, your kids are, are looking for an invitation to have a, a connection-producing experience. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we overcomplicate it. No, sometimes, often. Mm-hmm. Often we overcomplicate it and we're led by fear rather than love. And so it just... It's just a bummer. We sell ourselves short. We disqualify ourselves in this. Yeah. We're led by fear and by lack even. <clears throat> it, it's this 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 trap we get into mm-hmm. that I don't have enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not enough, my child. That doesn't lead them anywhere. That doesn't help them. Um, and and I, I've been there. I've lived there before. And it's not good for us. It's not good for the kids. It's not good for a home. But when that thing gets switched, you know, I, I keep thinking about the phrase that I've heard lots of people say, and it's, it's really all throughout the Bible in different ways, but words create worlds. Mm. And so what I'm telling myself, what I'm telling my children, the things I'm planting in our culture mm-hmm. really do matter. And it's either sowing love or fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so producing high levels of connection creates high levels of influence. Yep. And influence is what we desire from a, as a parent perspective like I you know Delaney's about to leave and I think okay you're gonna go into the world and you're gonna encounter things that are uh, clashed against our culture you're gonna have to discover God com- for who he is outside of our home and our safety net because that's just the nature of the beast that we've had and you're gonna have to go and be like okay I'm putting to test all these things that I have seen stewarded in my home what do I be- believe to be true and then I I'm so grateful because as of right now, I definitely believe that when she gets something that is questionable or she doubts, she has enough connection to us to come back to us to ask us questions and we have enough influence to actually speak and correct a truth or, you know, help her up or lie because we've sowed all these seeds of connection. Yeah. And 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 that's a place where in in toddler years, I don't think parents give enough um, I guess acknowledgement to you're sowing so much in that season yep. that you're going to reap later on in life. Building a highway. You are. You're, you are. You are definitely creating um, opportunity for them to learn how to trust you, to believe you, uh, and to feel invested by you. And so it starts when they're really little, and then it just starts to grow, and then and then we start to be the recipients of it. You know, we start to receive our kids, you know, expressions of love that is intentional rather than just a toddler clinging to you because they adore you. But you just start to see things different that um, they know it's meaningful to you. So they're going to nurture their half of this relationship because it's something that they've experienced from you. And this is part of the the war we're in mm-hmm. is is keeping keeping the the vision of why we're doing it, even in the toddler years, just like you're talking about, mm-hmm. is I'm actually moving towards something to set up a standard in my home to set a culture in our family that that protects us from any other influence because I, I want to be the one that's most influential in your life. Mm-hmm. There's so many other things out there that would like that position. Yeah. And it's it's easy to give it away too. And and parents are are fully equipped. Mm-hmm. And it's often just the willingness to ask for help, to take a moment to to find the strength you have to reconnect with the Lord and and just watch what he'll do. When you reposition your heart, yeah, it's 
it's a beautiful partnership that we have the invitation to yeah. parent with the Holy Spirit. And please lean into it. Come Don't on. be afraid of it. Join us mm-hmm. in this fight. In this family. fight of connection that we are going to win and be victorious. Come on. We believe that you can do it. All right. Question. Want me to read it real quick? Mm-hmm. All right. Here's a question. I asked my 14-year-old daughter if she wanted to do something special on the last day of school. When she wrote this, it was tomorrow. I, I had suggested having friends friends over for a bonfire. That sounds fun. But asked if there was something else she'd prefer. Her answer was, I don't care. It's whatever. <laughs> I can see a teenager saying that. Yeah. I'm just learning, Kylo. I think I'm supposed to ask questions. But what are the appropriate questions to ask? Whatever. Whatever. I think this is a, a great, um, great question for, you know, Wanting influence, wanting to stay connected, not wanting to go into fear because, you know, this is, I don't know how many times parents are like, I don't know what questions to ask. You say ask questions, but all my questions, I'm just more and more frustrated. Do you want me to get mad or angry? (laughs) Yeah. So she clearly wants to love on her daughter. Yeah. Do something fun. I don't care, whatever. Most parents know. Sometimes that's really a, I don't really have a preference. But sometimes, you know, there's especially if she's graduating eighth grade, which would be my guess somewhere in there for mm-hmm. 14. Um, or, you know, I don't know. You know how to read your kid. If your kid really doesn't seem interested in it, I wouldn't push on more questions. But um, do you feel like a question stands out to you before I give my thoughts? Keep going. You're doing okay. great. <laughs> so, you know, would you like to do a bonfire I would, you know, they go, I don't care, whatever. Is there something that sounds exciting to you? Mm-hmm. One question. Um, do you feel like doing something with friends or with family? Uh, do you feel like doing nothing? So I would be clarifying, like, what is the, what would the child want? So a bonfire with friends. Maybe she had a really rough day with her friends that day. And so that doesn't sound like fun. So try to get to clarifying, do you want your friends or do you not want your friends? Do you want it to be super chill? Do you want it just to be dinner? Do you want it to be a party? I, I think that those are more questions she could ask to clarify. Um, but often parents get defeated by feeling shut down. And that's that's probably the one thing I would have you push on a little bit more is if we shut down every time that we get a no, yeah. then we're we're not teaching them how to fight for the thing that we say we want, which is connection which is my willingness to keep leaning in even though you're not doing a very good job of communicating. Which there could be a question there as well to even find out if connection is the problem here. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Like, okay, hey, are, are we doing okay? Is that something you need from me? Um, or, or is this something you'd like to figure out by yourself? Would you like my help? Because I would love to celebrate you. And, it, and if it's that and you hear the response back, like you're just always trying to organize my whole life. Yeah. Great question is there. Oh, man, I'm so sorry if that is how you're feeling. I really just want to make space for you to feel celebrated. So we don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. If you would like something, I'll let you come and find me. So that's the, you know, again, they they push back with you always because you're always this. And you never have my heart in mind. And that's the fun part of always, always, and you never. never. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a trigger point for parents: is mm-hmm. don't get stuck on the always and nevers because our 
children just have emotions of extremes. And um, it's not ours necessary to figure out for them, but it's ours to be available if, when, and if they're ready. Um, and and if it's the connection issue, like we're saying, if, if this is a connection problem, I think listen carefully and listen for good information. Mm-hmm. I think even framing it as this is good information for me that I was unaware of mm-hmm. rather than this is this is some form of disrespect or you're not being very kind or you're shutting me out. Mm-hmm. There's probably some good information hiding in there that you didn't know about. Yeah. That's actually going to help help you get back to connection. Like, oh, wow, that's your experience? Yeah. This is this is helpful. Yeah. So good. So don't be afraid of the questions. Yeah. Um, and listen for good information. Beautiful. Awesome. All right. Well. See you was, next time. That is, yeah. We, we're done the with the first month. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm going to see you guys at the parenting conference. One more time. The, the uh, web address. Imperfectparenting.co. Dot co. Dot co. That's important. No M. Yeah. Dot co. Meme man. <laughs> we'll be back at that. <laughs> like that's nothing to do with it. But we're going to have a lot of fun at the event. So I'm excited about the book. I'm excited about all that's to come of it. So, but we will, uh, hopefully we'll see you there. All right. We'll see you next week. See you later. Bye.